This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. So, hey, Justin. Hey, Andres, what's up? It uh, looks like uh, time for a new segment, man. Yeah, I want to get into the news because I'm hearing some crazy things out there in the internet marketing world, and let's talk about it. Uh, yeah, and uh, you know, especially because they have gone into total lockdown here in the Netherlands. If you leave your house, then um, yeah, the Dutch police will actually come by and give you a very stern talking to. So not just will. not just leave your house without a mask. It's leave your house. Period. Is that what you're saying? No, no, no. You you can leave your house, but you get like if you go, but basically everything's closed. Like everything until January 18th, every single thing is closed. So, uh, including the schools. And so, you know, it's almost it, it, it's basically vacation. But uh, you know, I wanted to do some stuff with my son. It's like, hey, let's go to the movies. Oh, can't do that. And, yeah, that hey, won't be happening for a few years. Yeah, oh, <laughs> can't do that. How about how about we go to the ice skating rink? No, can't do that. Well, what are we what are we gonna do? I guess we're gonna binge watch more. I guess, I guess no, but you just reminded me of another news topic that we're going to have to cover today, too. So, uh, Oh, yeah. Well, uh, before we get uh, any further, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Andrew Sturgeon. And I'm Justin Womack. We are the Marketing Geeks. Marketing Geeks. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. Boys and girls. Children of all ages. We are the marketing geeks. Thank you for joining us. And uh, yeah, we're uh, we're just here to talk about some news because we haven't done news in a second. Well, uh, I want to kick it off with something surprising that uh, because you brought up a topic on the opening right now that I wasn't even going to talk about, but now I want to bring it up. HBO really? Max. HBO Max has announced, and they're owned by AT&T, by the way, mm -hmm. that they will be releasing all of the Warner Brothers lineup for 2021, including uh, the christmas day wonder woman um 1984 movie directly to streaming the same day the movie goes, goes to theaters and this also includes movies like the matrix 4 is also on that bundle of movies yeah. that are going straight to hbo max uh that's a bit of a game changer for um for the movie industry and since uh, since you brought it up i just wanted to get your opinion on it because i i am I like it, and I think it, in this environment that we're in, I think it's smart. I don't know that it's going to be a permanent thing because I do think that people do. There is a segment of the population that still likes going to the movies. I also have a feeling that maybe the movies turn into only like IMAX, like maybe like the, your standard movie theater experience goes away and people just watch movies at home. But then there's still going to be like the IMAX and maybe some of the 3D like movies or the or the D box like moving seats kind of experiences. Yeah, what's your take? Well, you know, I, I worked in the industry for over a decade and uh, I have friends that still work in the industry. So I, on one level, I feel really bad because yeah. uh, the thing that I lament most in COVID, aside from obviously the loss of life, is uh, the fact that the the movie industry is done and I don't think it will ever, ever recover. I, I think that it was a bad move for, for the industry to kind of hang their hat on the success of Tenant. 
because uh, <laughs> you haven't still seen it because it hasn't been released in. Los well, Angeles. it got released on streaming like yesterday or the day before. I haven't seen it yet, though, but I'm going to watch it this week. But it just got released on streaming, but I won't be able to see it in theaters because it's not an option. Yeah, and and uh, it's 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 kind of a gimmick movie, uh, meaning that it once you see the gimmick, uh, it it doesn't lend itself to repeat viewing, right? So I I I appreciate the film, but it's not a movie that you really want to say this is the movie that will save the movie industry. It was, it, it, you know, that well, especially said, when you're you're banking on a movie that needs to make like probably close to a, like $500 million to break even. I mean, that's a movie yeah. that has a big budget and you know that you're already in trouble going into that with the current lockdown situations. Like in California, most of the theaters here are closed. We have one theater open in my town and it's a, it's an art house theater. Yeah. And I mean, I don't think it's open anymore, but it was open at that time. Um, and they weren't playing it and they shouldn't be playing it because that's a, that's a movie that's meant to be seen on a big, big screen. Yeah, and unfortunately, it, it, that's not going to happen. Maybe they'll do a re-release type thing over the summer. And, you know, they just went into full lockdown here in the Netherlands. Like, you you can't, you know, like I was saying, you can't really go anywhere or do anything. But, the, but as far as to answer your question, this is what I, I think is going on, is that HBO Max, it, you know, they, they only have like 8 million subscribers. And if there's one sure way to get a lot more, because they don't have any shows planned, they don't have anything, is just to release this stuff. Uh, number one, it's a good move to gain subscribers. Uh, personally, I think that HBO made a mistake by, you know, because they have HBO Go and HBO Now, and you know, which one's which? I don't know. And how's well, they consolidated? All of them have been consolidated now, so now it's only HBO Max. So they got rid of the other ones. Yeah. So I mean, but does does that come with like do do I get regular hbo with cable if i still have cable anyway there's there it's the the point is is that i usually know these things and because i'm so confused about it myself it they the, the pr around it was dumb yeah. uh, well i'll tell you this i i have i have hbo max i bought it um mm -hmm. i bought it this month and i want to watch 19, uh, wonder woman 1984 i'll be watching that when it comes out sure uh, what they do have is they they're the ones that bought friends they bought the big bang theory so they they're the ones that spent like billions of dollars on the syndicated shows Right. So they have those two shows, which are big ones. They have a few original shows, nothing to get like too excited about. Um, but they they have their their traditional HBO shows. There's a few of those that have been around that are that are pretty good, but nothing like original for HBO Max really. Um, I know they do have the the Justice League Zack Snyder cut is an HBO Max original of some sorts that I don't know if anyone's excited for it. Um, because like I wasn't like the biggest fan of Batman vs Superman either edition, either the Snyder edition or the. Uh, or the, I mean the ultimate edition or the theatrical cut. So mm -hmm. I don't know why, why they're even putting money into that because they're actually refilming scenes and all that uh, to do that. So they have, they have some, some things that are, that are going for them. So I do think because they only have 8 million subscribers, this is going to jump that subscriber count yeah. at least in the short term. Um, and they're going to be, they're probably going to be in the top three now between it's going to be uh, Disney, it's going to be Netflix and it's probably going to be HBO max. And then, I mean, and then prime, but prime to me is still like, you know, it's a bundle with the shipping service. So I only have Prime because I have the shipping service, at least in my mind at this point for them. Yeah, and 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 that's the point, which is like when you look at the, you know, Disney's going all in on their streaming platforms. Uh, you know, Netflix, of course, is Netflix. And and when you talk about the hundreds of millions of people that are uh, probably subscribed to it, I don't know if it's 100 million people, but there's a lot it, of people. It is for Disney. Yeah. yeah. And it versus 8 million for HBO, they, they definitely need to get subscribers because that is obviously where the future is. Uh, the, uh, the the point, though, with, with that is also the fact that 
they need to get rid of these movies because they have to get the new movies coming in. And so I think it's kind of like they're just going to chalk up their losses and try and convert people to this new service. Um, But who knows? I mean, like, you know, there's also a lot of people who I know, I'm not going to say who they are, but they're, they, they look kind of like me, who feels that if I can't get something in, like, if I can't pay to see it, or it's not part of a subscription service I'm part of, you know, then uh, I'm going to have to put on my pirate hat and uh, <laughs> sail the, you know, the, yeah. the seven seas. And so, and and that's also the point is like, if it, as soon as it's on digital, it's going to be everywhere and that's it. Right. That's so a good point. I, I mean, this day and age piracy is a big problem. So they're kind of getting around that for $15 a month. You could have access. I'm just, yeah. But I mean, you're right though. When you say that, you know, spending all this money, like, the Matrix Four, for instance, or Wonder Woman, nineteen eighty four. Those are big budget movies. So I mean, yeah. they're they're taking a loss to do this. So they're they're banking on subscriber growth and uh, and recurring revenue. And if that doesn't happen, they are in trouble. So yeah, exactly. Quickly. So I, I I mean I I have no idea what the future brings, but I do. I, there is one story that is down the pike that not too many people are talking about, which is uh, Avatar, the Ooh, Avatar two, Avatar. three, and four. It delayed you know, it again, though. So it's 2022 now, right? You know that? Yeah, yeah. But I, I it, like, is there a place for Avatar in this new world? I mean, yeah, there is. Because I think uh, normally I would say, well, let me think about this for a second. Because one thing James Cameron was banking on was he wants like breakthrough theatrical technology. Like he wants his 3D to be something that's never been kind of seen before. He doesn't rely on regular 3D tech. He has like the active 3D, you know, glasses for his movies and. Yeah. He goes more full out with it. Uh, because it's James Cameron, I will give him the benefit of the doubt. I think, um, I don't think it'll capture, I mean, maybe it will, but I don't think it'll capture the same magic that Avatar 1 did in terms of box office, where it was the highest grossing film of all time up until Avengers Endgame. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that's going to happen, but I think, it, I mean, it could probably do it easily. If, it, if theaters are open, it could still do a billion dollars. Uh, it's movie. uh it's 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 hard to gauge but uh i do i do think that the day of like the classic movie star movies that sort of thing uh i think that it's uh that's yeah. that's going to be the end of it I mean, avatar doesn't rely on really movie stars so much so they're kind of they kind of bank on like a more of an ensemble cast and more based on the tech james cameron's the biggest movie star in that movie in my opinion yeah for but sure. let's get into the let's get into the more of this, this marketing stuff here because i, I do want to talk about well you, you want to kick off your story first yeah uh so i've got uh this is kind of interesting so you know uh tiktok is getting sold per uh the uh, walmart and oracle are the two so the u.s so it's only the u.s rights to tiktok so it's like a portion of the company will go to the u.s distribution side will go to walmart and oracle i don't know what the percentages are but yes but now we can see exactly what uh, Walmart has in mind for TikTok, and it's kind of interesting. So uh, this is according to TechCrunch, Walmart to pilot a test of live stream video shopping on uh, TikTok. <laughs> and what they're going to do is basically they're going to show what the 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 stuff is. They're going to like do like a, you know, go by the interesting things that are showing up in Walmart. And then uh, there'll be a little pop-up that'll show up and you can hit buy and it will take you directly to an Instacart. Where you so can QVC 2.0, I, I would call this QVC 2.0. Um, will the TikTok demographic even watch that though? 
Well, Maybe. you know, they're, they're going to have real-time data because that's one of the things that this technology does is, is they, they, TikTok has algorithms that, that will show you exactly what you want to see. And so they're probably going to get real-time feedback on stuff that they're showing. And so as that happens, they can start focusing on the things that have the most interest to people. Uh, I, I, I don't like the fact, I mean, the thing that I loved about TikTok when the idea first came out is that you could remix and redo anything and it really showed off people's talent. The idea of creating home shopping network 2.0, as you said, and, uh, and, and, and <laughs> I said doing, QVC 2.0, you said QVC. home shopping network. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, but doing something like that, I feel is perverted, you know? It's but it's also inevitable, right? Because I mean, eventually, every com like commerce is going to get into all these businesses eventually. Yeah. So like you know, it, while it's pure, TikTok was probably an amazing platform. I have I've I've actually gone on there a lot more to kind of check it out, and I'm I'm much more familiar with the platform now, and I kind of get the gist of it. It's not my style. I don't think I'll be, I'm never going to be an influencer on TikTok because that's just not my style. But mm -hmm. uh, but I do. It's it's pretty interesting to watch. I've seen a few marketers that have uh, capitalized on it and you know, grown very fast and are now making, you know, money off of the, uh, just off the influence that they have because they're now paying their influencers. If you hit a certain threshold of views on your videos and things like that. Yeah. Except you, you know, your whole life is, uh, is continuously making content and I mm -hmm. find that draining, you know, <laughs> just like yeah, yeah. Really draining. Yeah. So, so like a podcast is nice because we're like, you know, once a week ish and that's like, much more, uh, much more doable. <laughs> uh, so, uh, speaking of, of platforms, you actually stumbled upon a brand new platform that you, uh, yes. me in on. Tell excited me about, about it. too. Excited about it. So, uh, the clubhouse platform. So I don't know if any of you have heard of it. I had not heard of it until yesterday. So I, I happened to hear of it. I happened to go on the website and, uh, fill out their application to get on the waiting list. And then luckily one of our seven listeners that was caught my name, I guess, and just approved me into the app instantly. You know, within about a half hour, I got approved. And, and I've, I'm reading online that people are waiting like weeks. So I, I don't know what the normal turnaround time on that is, but I got, I was able to get approved on there and I love this app. So it's, uh, it is the best way I could describe it is it's an audio only social networking platform. That's almost like breakout zoom rooms, but with no webcams where you are in a room, it's an invite only platform, almost like Facebook was in the beginning. It's invite only, but it's the caliber of people they have in there right now is ridiculous. I mean, I was in a chat room yesterday on a, a kind of like just a nerd out chat room and there's uh, AI scientists from Google. There's uh, people working for Tesla. There's people working for Neuralink. There's people working for Facebook. I mean, it's the caliber of people that are in there and like you get to chat with um, in a group of maybe right now, like in that group is probably 40 people. So everybody had chances to speak. Everybody had chances to ask questions. Like I 100% love that platform right now. Um, I imagine as it fills up, like with anything, now is the best life cycle of that social media platform. It will, I'm sure it, as it gets saturated, it will devolve into something like TikTok, like you're talking about right now. But right now, it's incredible. So I'm, I'm all in on this platform. Um, you have to get an invite to get in. Once you get an invite, you can then you get you're also given one invite, so you get to invite one person. So I'm considering using my invite on Andros. I have not 100% committed to that yet. Hey, hey, hey! We're, come we're, on we're, now. <laughs> we're thinking about it here. I still got those photos of you, man. You know. Oh, oh, oh I forgot about those photos. Okay. Hmm. Well, then, yes, yes. Well, you got it. You got it. But just don't 
Don't talk about that anymore, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, and, and, you know, of course, my question was, how does it not turn into just a bunch of people yelling at each other? Like, And that's, uh, okay, so the way it works is you have the, 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 someone creates a room, you have a moderator that then invites people up to speak. Now, those people that speak are not moderators, but they have the right to speak. And then if somebody is turning their mic on and speaking or says something inappropriate, the moderator can then mute them, uh, move them back to the audience where they don't have speaking rights, or they can choose to entirely kick them out of the room. So they have that control. Plus the moderator can assign additional moderators. So if you have a huge group of people and you have like maybe five people you trust in the room, you could just make all of them moderators. And then together, all five of you could kind of be policing the room and kind of handling that because as the crowds grow, that can get tougher. So I, I like what it is, uh, you know, as I was showing you this, like I was just holding my camera, uh, my my phone up to the app. One of the rooms I went into was like absolute uh, <laughs> bedlam and was just like people yelling at each other. And the other room I was showing you, which was the ones that I was going into were like very like one person at a time, intelligent conversations. Like I learned a ton. Um, I was in this nerd conversation about AI and about like uh, advertising and about all these different and about um, the future of self-driving cars and things like that. And then I also went into one about cryptocurrency yesterday yeah. and spent a lot of time in there just talking crypto and the future of uh, block, not only crypto, but blockchain too. And then, uh, and then I checked out a few other ones and you know, some of them are better than others, uh, but there's also a lot of celebrities on there right now that you actually can pretty much get access to at this time. And again, this will this will change yeah. may or, I mean, over time. And if if the way that it's running, if everybody that signs up, and like say I invite Andres today, and then he instantly invites another person, and we're talking exponential growth very quickly. So the platform could fill up very fast. I don't know if they're throttling that at all or anything about that, but it's uh, it, it could very quickly um, become very crowded. Hmm. Well, uh, and that's a Clubhouse uh, app. It's, it's only yeah, it's only available on Apple right now. So if you go to the App Store, you can download it and you can add yourself to the waiting list. And if somebody sees your name, they can approve you. Um, I would suggest doing that at the very least. If you and you might go on, like what I've seen is people going on Facebook or people going on Instagram and saying, "Hey, does anyone have a clubhouse invite? Can you add me?" Well, and you've got a clubhouse invite. You better give it to me, man. <laughs> I do have one. I have not used it yet. I, I'm leaning towards you. You're you're the front okay. runner right now. Well, that's yeah. that's uh, mighty mighty nice of you. Um, <laughs> here's a we always love uh, augmented reality stories. Google now lets you virtually try on makeup using AR mm. and you can shop from influencer videos. Uh, so this is a, again from TechCrunch. I find this really interesting. So if uh, essentially what it means is that, you know, there's influencers, they obviously, they sometimes get paid to use uh, certain products, but, uh, but now you can actually using AR put on the makeup on your face and then, uh, and then buy it. So I think, I think that this is, you know, this gets into a whole new sort of category of uh, way, the way that you can do shopping. You know, they, they've got uh, websites where you can try on glasses and uh, now makeup, even clothing, but it's, yeah. uh, it's, it's really interesting. And I think, uh, you know, you know, want to know my solution would be. <laughs> well, real quick before you say it, I was supposed to say like the clothing, uh, the tech on AR for clothing is getting so, impressive that like it'll really show like if the clothing is going to be baggy on you or if it's going to fit like it'll it'll map your body 
like really effectively. And it's, it's pretty crazy how good the technology is getting. And so it does make, you'll be able to try on clothes without being at the store, which is not, pretty awesome. Not only that, I think that we're coming into a future where uh, you can just walk around naked and people have their augmented reality glasses on and you'll always, uh, you'll always be dressed uh, great. You'll always be like jacked. Yeah. <laughs> What'd be funny though, is that if you, uh, if you have a subscription to like a, a virtual clothing service that whenever anyone sees you with their augmented reality glasses, you got the good suit on. And then, uh, of course, if your subscription wears out, all of a sudden you're <laughs> walking around with no pants. All of a sudden, all your, uh, all your filters disappear and it's just you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I got to actually be myself. Uh, what else you got? Okay, for me, well, man? The, the main story that we were going to go on the show here, and we can, we'll talk about this as much time as we have here is, oh, yeah. uh, Facebook versus Apple, right? So yesterday, um, okay. So let's, let's do the, the framework here. So, uh, Apple has announced that in quarter one, 2021, they are going to provide a very clear, uh, opt out for anyone that wants to opt out of sharing their data with apps. And this will be like, so basically it'll, it'll kill tracking cookies, which are the things that follow you around the web. And so if you opt out, then someone like Facebook won't be able to run retargeting ads back to you in the same, um, at least at the same effectiveness, they'll be able to use like predictive AI and things like that to try to guess at what you're going to, but they won't. And they, they probably can still see like which websites you actually click to go to just the outbound link, but they won't be able to follow you after that. Um, so they'll have, they'll have some of, some of that information, but just not nearly as much. So it's going to, it'll affect the way uh, we as advertisers have to um, approach our jobs. I know that Google analytics just rolled out an update that's preparing, are they a new version, Google, I think it's version four, that's, so they still have like their classic version and they have this new version that's more preparing for the removal of cookies. So they're kind of already preparing for it and, and integrating more AI and more of how they can get around it. So uh, I think that this is where we're going is we are actually going to the full elimination of cookies, um, at least mm -hmm. on the, at least on your mobile, um, in, maybe not on your browser, but on as far as like through apps. And it's going to be a big, it's going to be a game changer for the whole marketing world. So this is a big story. So Facebook, on the other hand, responded by declaring war on Apple. So they, uh, to do this, they took out uh, newspaper ads, which is, of course, the classic, like, I, don't, I don't know what they're doing taking on newspaper ads, but I guess he's running the internet too. Uh, they ran them in the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and the Washington Post with the headline, we're standing up, uh, we're standing up to Apple for small businesses everywhere. So their 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 uh, their arguments is that by eliminating these tracking cookies, that us the small business owners are are now no longer able to target the same way we were able to target, and now we are the ones that are going to suffer, not them. Oh. Uh, I will say, there's I mean there's some truth to that, but it, it's really just uh, all business is about adapting and evolving, and you know all it means is that we have to evolve again as marketers, and th the game's going to change again. But it doesn't mean that we're necessarily at a disadvantage. It just means that we have to adapt and evolve and get more creative and outsmart yeah. the, out the system. And that's what we've had to do over time. Every, every time that an update happens, like when Google, uh, Google did their big algorithm update back in 2013 or 14, you know? I, so I, that's, that's my take on this. Uh, I, my take uh, on it is number one, it's hard for me to find any sort of sympathy for Facebook whatsoever. <laughs> and, and number two, really number two, I have uh, a, um, uh, two words for Mark Zuckerberg, <laughs> and they are not happy birthday. So. Yeah, I, I did want to bring this up because this was something that I was discussing with you before we recorded. And it's one thing that Facebook might try to do, which I think we you kind of told you kind of talked me out that they probably won't do this, but they could, 
is they'll be like, okay, so you won't share your data. So the people that don't opt in, maybe they try to assess a fee. Like, okay, if you won't share your data with us, then we're going to charge you to use Facebook and charge you to use Instagram and charge you to use WhatsApp, you know, $5 a month, $10 a month. I don't know what that would be, but maybe they try to shift the people. So it's like, if you opt in for data, you get to use the app for free. If you don't opt in for data, then you have to pay us some sort of subscription fee. And uh, yeah, and like what you kind of mentioned, there's, there is competition though. So that might really hurt yeah, the market like I, share. I got to Very pay, risky. Are you telling me I got to pay $20 a month so my crazy Q friends can yell at me saying that reality <laughs> is a liberal plot? I don't think so. You know, uh, but so the question would be, would, would that incentivize everybody to just click yes to the data? Would that be the, that'd be the risk. So well, here, they, don't, they know people don't want to pay the money. No, nobody would. They, nobody will. would I, they say yes to sharing their data because they're like, oh, I don't want to pay the money. So I'll show you yes. Would that work? I don't know. Yeah. And I, I, you know, it just, it's one of these things that of course, you know, your how much is your, your data actually worth? You know, your data is like the only thing that you could really give away and we give it away freely, but to, to tell you what it's worth to them, it's worth a whole lot. <laughs> so, so this isn't, and we're going to have our year end, uh, you know, what we've predictions learned and predictions. Out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we got we did we guess I think we guessed coronavirus right didn't we guess that in the 2020 one uh, I don't know I got to listen to that show and see how right I was about it every day. <laughs> I think we we're dead accurate yeah yeah probably it was, um, it was almost it was almost 100 correct so I think we had to guess the top box office movie <laughs> I don't think any of us guessed that it was going to be whatever came out in January because the theaters were still open it was like one of those movies with the top Bad Boys three or something it was like Bad Boys um, three was like the number one movie of the year so. <laughs> To answer the marketing question, what does this mean for marketers, especially if we're going to do away with cookies, retracking data is going to become harder and harder to come by. I think that that also it's it's getting more challenging to advertise on Facebook. So this goes back to to me, what is the future of marketing, digital marketing? And and it really comes down to one specific thing. And that is the thing that we always talk about, which is niching down getting your followers, producing interesting content in a variety of forms. And, I, you know, the, the big lesson for me in 2020 uh, was I had some clients that were doing, uh, you know, at the beginning of the year, they were like, hey, we want you to help us with like our live events. And basically you're going to do social media, kind of promoting the live events and then supporting the live events afterwards. That's That was my whole gig. And then of course that all went out the window. And so we had to come up with something fast. And so, uh, you know, I started doing a series of live broadcasts and then taking the audio and I'm creating a podcast with it. So, and encouraging people to follow the page and just doing interesting stuff. So by doing that, you know, we've grown our follower base pretty well and we're continuing to do that augmented with some campaigns to get people to follow the the company as well and then of course we'll promote the podcast and so we have these various ways of people being able to uh interact with the page whether it's through social media posts or live events or now podcasting uh all of these things you know the more content you make and the, you feed into that the more you're going to be able to niche down your market as long as the content is 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 interesting because i think that people are are ready to find stuff that they're passionate about and they'll follow you know they'll follow them anywhere so i think i think that as marketers we got to stop relying on retargeting and start looking at more authentic marketing that's going to focus in on your niche and get people to to just enjoy what you're saying 
and mm -hmm. without being too markety about it. So I, I think that's where the future of marketing it lies. Uh, and I think that that as people become more tired of retargeting ads anyway, that the whole industry has got to change. It's, it has to. Hey, and you're right. I mean, even with like SEO, we talked about this, like ultimately this is a slow moving process, but ultimately the direction of SEO is content driven. It's, it's AI driven. It's content driven. The goal is to match user intent with the website they show you. And that's based on the user experience and it's based on the content that appears on the page. Yeah. And ultimately, you know, all the tricks of the past with SEO are, you know, there's, there's still going to be a place for a lot of them, but like the majority of them are good. The tricks anyway, are all going to go away and we're going to reach a point where it becomes, you know, it could be 10 years from now. I mean, it could be, a, it could be a long run process here, but it eventually becomes purely content. And it's like you, whoever has the best user experience wins, whoever creates the best content wins. And so that's where you should put your focus on right now is, you know, Work on your skills as a content writer or a con or a copywriter for writing sales copy. Work on your sales uh, or your, on your skills in these in these other areas so you're able to produce, you know, good content that people want to consume, um, and you produce a good user experience for the uh, people that visit your website or visit your social media, wh whatever that is, because that's uh, I mean. Oh, that's the, that's the name of the game. If you can do that, you're going to win no matter what, yeah. no matter what happens in the field of marketing. In, in the interim, there will still be, uh, you know, Apple shutting off their privacy. Google's not yet. So all the people on, on uh, Android will, uh, at least in the, in the short run, that, and that could change very quickly. Maybe quarter two, Google rolls out the same update, something like that. But um, in the short run, there's still going to be some advertising room up till mid 2021, maybe throughout 2021 and beyond. Um, but Slowly but surely, we're going to get back to the old-fashioned advertising days where we're just relying on internal data from Facebook or third-party aggregated data, things like that. And it's just not going to be nearly as narrowly targeted. So the more niche we can get, the more likely um, we're going to be able to build an audience also because it's just all you're going to, be able to do is kind of target broad audiences. And if everybody's kind of targeting the same audience and you're have the same message as everybody else, then you're in trouble. So yeah, yeah. you really want to have a, a unique angle to what your uh, unique selling proposition or unique uh, call to action is going to be. So that somebody's going to want to actually engage with you and go to your content source. Yeah. So, uh, you know, get more creative people. I mean, it's, <laughs> and, and, and that's just it. I see a lot of the same things over and over again. And, you know, people are, I, I call it the, the Instagram filter world where it's like, there's eight different looks, you know, and <laughs> it's like, uh, I, I, it's, that, that's why it's hard for me to, to do any, you know, I'm doing, this is a live stream right now, but, uh, just the, the thought of like creating content and putting it out there. And you, the other thing is that the algorithms make it. So you have to post like, you know, every day or three times a week at the very minimum. Well, and beyond that, let me, let me say, because I know a couple of YouTube creators that are doing very, very well. And one of the other things is they don't, they, uh, they lose, um, they lose the ability to kind of control their own content because they see that a video on this topic gets this many views, but then they say something they actually want to say, like, for instance, this is a real estate guy I follow. He, he talks about this on his channel, but it's like, if he posts a video on real estate, he gets like very little views, but that's, but that's what people actually originally subscribed to the channel for. Yeah. But he posts videos on like stocks and things like that. And he gets like huge views. And so now all his content has shifted that direction. So he's like, he's being forced to pivot his content um, to what the algorithm wants, because that's where he gets paid the most amount of money. Or at least, I mean, if he wants to make money, he's being forced to do it. And he's, he's letting the, the dollar make his decisions. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, uh, you got to go where the money is, obviously. 
but uh, but do you, do we do we want to live in a world that's dictated by algorithm? You know, I feel like half the things on Netflix are like, well, we saw that people liked this and they like this, so let's make this thing. And uh, so you're gonna like Bad Boys Three, Andros. <laughs> so much so, just gonna, you're like any sequel. Any sequel movie. You're like anything by Michael Bay, especially. I think you like any movie by Michael Bay. <laughs> well, uh, so with that, what uh, what are you geeking out about right now, man? Uh, you know, I've been attending uh, the Traffic and Conversion virtual events this week. Mm. Um, we got to see Arnold Schwarzenegger keynoted on Tuesday evening this week, which was, it was pretty cool to watch live and just sharing his story of coming up and Mr. Universe. It's really just like his uh, entrepreneur story, which is pretty powerful and impressive. And I, I learned a lot about him that I actually – hadn't heard before so i enjoyed and um and, and the way they run this event is i think which is where the world i'm kind of geeking out by the way the, these hybrid events that are coming up where it's going to be a mix of live attendance and a mix of virtual attendance but these events are being very creatively done now like at, at this event they have giant screens and you can see like so they have like two rows of giant screens you'd see all the zoom attendees on the screens behind them like very very professional like movie studio quality con- i mean of, of the filming like the people that are going to put on the best events are going to have to weigh up their production value. Yeah. Like what we're doing right here is unacceptable for a high attendance event um, in the future. Like this is, you know, where this is low quality production right now. This is us in our living rooms recording content. What they're doing is they're going very high on the production value and, um, and they're, they're finding ways to engage the audience that I've not seen done before. And, and it's, it's really working very well. This is, out of all the virtual attend, uh, virtual events I've attended so far, this is the best, most well-organized one with how they've structured it. They have a whole website where you can like plan your agenda of which sessions you want to attend in advance. It'll send you reminders. There, um, If you pay for a certain level of ticket, you get the recordings instantly. Like it's, it's really, wow. I mean, I, I am very impressed by the way I've done it. Yeah, that's, that's definitely the future is the hybrid streaming versus live. I mean, one thing COVID has done is it's really prepared us for being in a, in a partly virtual world and it's made people adopt, you know? So yeah. uh, that's, that's well, not going to happen. One thing that they said on, on stage was like that this event was supposed to happen in March. And he's like, you know what? Uh, for the first time ever, I'm going to say like, I'm glad this event didn't happen in March because if it happened in March, I would have been teaching you content that would be 100% incorrect right now. Yeah. <laughs> because it would be like a 180 completely incorrect on what you're supposed to do because we didn't know what was going to happen with COVID. And now that we're teaching it now, it's like, okay, now we've had, nine months to experience this. And now we kind of understand the direction and the content that we're teaching now is 100, 180 degrees different than what we would have taught had we had this event at the very start of COVID because of uh, now we see like all these people that are being forced to move online. We see businesses that are now abandoning office spaces or, or, or reducing, at least reducing the size of their office units and limiting it more to, you know, it's going to be limited to boardroom meetings and, and private meetings, but they don't need, they're not going to have Cuba. All these companies are getting rid of their cubicle structure, 90% of the employees will be offsite working virtually and they'll have just people coming in for important meetings in person, but the rest of it's going to be all virtual. And, and I, I think that's uh, what we're seeing. So it, it's kind of interesting that, yeah, it, I just found that fascinating that yes, what was taught in March, February, January of 2020 is no longer applicable. And it's just another uh, sign of the speed of marketing. And then you know, and with pixel or with uh, tracking cookies going away, what we've been teaching, you know, the last six months again is going to change again. So yeah. I mean, everything at the speed of light in this market, in this industry. Well, you got to next week, we'll do another new segment. And you have to tell us what you learned, like the big highlights <laughs> on John uh, uh, Clubhouse. Yeah. Clubhouse. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what am I geeking uh, out about right at this moment? Well, I, I, I may have mentioned this last show, but I saw the Queen's Gambit. 
which I still need to see it. I still want to see it. Is uh, is really it's it's probably the best thing on Netflix in my opinion. Uh, and then I, I I'm actually geeking out about the fact that I just finished reading the prequel to the Hunger Hunger Games, the Ballad of uh, Songbirds and Snakes by Suzanne Collins. Uh, and I found it to be actually quite good. It it hmm. takes place uh, like sixty years before the events of the Hunger Games. It's about. Did you read the other ones too? Yeah, yeah, uh, big fan. And that's uh, all the movies. Yeah, <laughs> so I, got, I got the very limited experience. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I I appreciate it. I felt that that the last one especially was kind of rushed, but uh, but this one obviously she took time, and it's about uh, uh, President Snow, who was the nemesis of uh, Katniss. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's about his life and, and how he came up and it takes place 10 years after the war between the capital and one of the districts. And in, in maybe they'll get Kiefer to play him in the movie. Get Kiefer. Do a, do a deep fake. No. Cause he's like a teenager. He's like, uh, he's like 15. Well, 16. It was like 15. Well, they, I mean, they yeah. could get Kiefer and the DH him. It'd be easier than DHing Donald Sutherland. I guess they have footage. They could do it. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I mean, definitely there's going to be a movie uh, out of it. Uh, but I, I think it was it's kind of like the the story of a supervillain. And it's about how somebody makes a life choice from, you know, they're presented idealism and they're presented fascism, essentially. And uh, how someone decides that following fascism serves them better. For whatever reason, hmm. and I'll are you trying to draw parallels to something, or what, what are you doing? Nope, uh, I'm not okay. talking. Checking, about, just checking. I'm, not I'm always talking, checking. Talking about any Nazis <laughs> in the White House at all? Just checking. <laughs> but, um, <all> right. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, yeah, so so I I recommend the book. I I thought it was uh, if you like the Hunger Games, it was uh, definitely pretty good. Yeah, I got I got a lot of books I need to catch up on. Um, especially with audible subscription service i got a lot to do so that, and that's all i got for you good for you today i mean i think you're 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 pretty complete here all right. uh, are we are we good well thank you thank you and uh yeah we've got some new guests coming up uh, we've got our end of the year show please uh follow us on linkedin and uh yeah with that ladies and gentlemen we are the marketing geeks and that we yeah are out let's say classy again again <laughs> stay classy we're uh, and we are out again we're still uh we're still no we're not no we're not marketing geeks come on bring your friends we'll learn marketing from distant lands on the search and then just one back the fun will never end it's marketing geeks marketing geeks